She's an underrated singer. Oh no, yeah, we got the vocals of the this. Amazing preacher, public speaker. I introduce to you, Miss Leanne Jacobs. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm nervous. Why are you nervous, Tom? Because I'm a little bit shy sometimes. We speak all the time, though. Yeah, it's different now. There's cameras. Nah, forget cameras. the cameras. Don't <laughs> okay. think about the cameras, you know. Yeah, no, I'm okay. Thanks. So, for people who don't know who you are, Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about who is Leanne Jacobs. I am just, I'm just me. Mm. I'm a black woman, I'm a young woman, I'm a woman who loves God, I love people. Um, and in essence, I just feel like I am here to serve people, mm. but particularly young people. Um, and I kind of feel like my assignment is quite basic, mm. but it plays out in a lot of different ways. So that's me in a really small nutshell. Okay. Funniest church story. <laughs> Funniest church story. I think it's funny. So you just better laugh. Okay. So, um, what my old church I used to go to, praise and worship was going on. At the time, everyone was singing. Um, I'm not going to sing because you just told everyone that I'm underrated. Yeah, you're underrated. People um, are TV rating. That, yeah, that yeah, people need to put you on this pedestal. Like, no, 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 no. It's good. Um, we were singing. <laughs> Uh, Mighty to save. Oh, mm. rid So obviously, the, the lyrics are, Saviour, he can move the mountains. Mm. So, you know, the whole idea that no matter what's in your life, God can move the obstacle out your way and, you know, all of that good stuff. So we finish singing, everyone sits down and, you know, you have that moment after a song where everyone's like reflective and just like in the moment. And this lady stood up and she said, the Lord moved many mountains for me, but me now move. <laughs> And the whole church. Middle of the tune. At the end, it's uh, quiet. Everyone sat down and thinking about Jesus. And she just came it out. It was in the Holy Spirit. Just She <laughs> stood up and said, the Lord moved many mountains for me, but me now move. And that doesn't make no sense. You know, when, you know the laugh that comes from your stomach, the lower part. <laughs> we were screaming. And uh, I never sang that song again, if I'm honest. Oh, yeah, it sang it again. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I used to like it, but it just brings back those connotations. And yeah, it was just... Every time I think about the song, even think about the person, yeah, that moment comes back. In my house, you can't say that line without everyone bossing up. That's so. a madness. Yeah, that was good. Favourite scripture? Favourite scripture? Um, Philippians 4, hey, 6 and 7, um, which says, I'm going to mix that King James version with the Leanne 2020 version, okay? <laughs> with the NLT. So, the NLT. <laughs> so it says... Um, be anxious for nothing, mm. but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Mm. And I just think that um, in this day and age, where things like anxiety and depression is like an epidemic, mental health is an epidemic, to mm. know that there's something that is not worth 
doesn't have value can be exchanged for something invaluable is mad to me mm. so the fact that you can have anxiety you can have depression you can suffer with all these different things and actually god is saying don't worry about that stuff give it to me i'll take it and i'll give you peace that that mad exchange all right cool that mad exchange. And i don't think people like remember these things and practice these things and remind god god don't forget don't mm. get don't get twisted but it's an incredible thing that for me i walk with that daily mm. sometimes I'm, i get overwhelmed and i'm just like you know what god hey we're going to do that exchange you're going to take this drama or this stress that i have and give me your peace because without that i can't do anything mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of people are not enjoying their lives as much as they could because their minds are just filled with so they don't have peace mm. you can have money good job Everything. nice clothes everything and they have no peace it's invaluable mm. but god says he'll give us that peace if we give him our drama and our troubles and for me that is mind-blowing yeah yeah, yeah. so that's my favorite scripture so how long have you been a christian <clears throat> and what made you become a christian in the first place so i've been brought up in church since i was born people love to give me that one yeah, you know i was born yeah and then like two weeks later i was at the altar however i would say i became a christian when i was 18. okay because i knew of god yeah, yeah, yeah. and i liked him yeah good you but actually yeah, i didn't yeah. know him and i didn't know that it was important to know him Got i yeah. was told yeah but for me i was like life is good you know my family are blessed my friends are blessed like i didn't really struggle with certain things so i just thought that was good enough i was going to church i was yeah. a good child i thought that was enough um and then when i was 18 i was like freedom and literally uh picked a uni i went to leeds uni first to study counseling yeah, yeah. and while i was there um encountered different people that i'd never encountered before because when you're brought up in church you're you're with church people with people that are kind of like-minded been brought up the same way or similar way so you get used to that. But actually, when I went to uni, I was like, raw. Mad. There's, there's other people that do other things when brought up in other ways and met some people that... Um, interesting. Interesting people. Unique. Yeah. And it questioned everything that I believed in. Mm. Everything. And everyone seemed so sure about what it, what it was what that they were doing. doing, but I wasn't sure. And I remember being in my room and saying to God, if you're real just show me because I just felt lost mm. I was living in Leeds I was by myself trying to work out whether I wanted to go to the club or go to church or both and mm. um, trying to work out if I was meant to do counselling or something else and I said God just just guide me because right now I just don't know what I'm doing yeah and I heard God say go home mm-hmm. you didn't you just started fresh year. I just I made it you know what do you know how much I did to get to Leeds fresh year ones and God said go home and it was a like a feeling and a knowing. I would I wouldn't say it was a voice. I would say it was like a deep feeling, deep feeling. But I just knew, and I was like, "But God, I did so much to get here. Uh, so why would I go home?" Sacrificed. Like, yeah, and so I remember um, I rang my mom as I do for everything, and I said, "Mom, I've got something to tell you." And she said, "You coming home?" And I was like, "What an, what an anticlimax!" And then I said, "Yeah, I'm coming home. Got time to come home." And I remember ringing my nan. Um, he was alive at the time and I said, Nan, I'm coming home. No, I said, Nan, I've got something to tell you. Yeah. He said, you coming home? Who spoke to Nan before you guys did? <laughs> yes, yeah. Jesus, Jesus. And at that point, 
that was kind of like a sign. Yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, cool. And I think because they had accepted it so well, I just thought to myself, you know what? If this is God, let me follow it. Let me let me try. I lose nothing in trying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, God was. It was clear. It was like if you go home, I will sort everything else for you. And I did. I finished the year. Um, because I didn't want to just cut yeah, and then yeah, yeah. not at least get a little certificate or something. <laughs> so I um, finished the year and I left and I went home. And at that point, I felt that God was with me. Yeah, um, yeah. Because for me, I'd sacrificed what I'd worked hard for, but I had peace. And yeah. I told you, this peace thing for me is, this is deep. It's so important. So at that point, I was like, yeah, this is it for me. Mm. Um, and so yeah, I went home and I just kind of started walking with the Lord way more closely. So then what was it like being a young Christian at that point? Because obviously you're 18 and obviously mm-hmm. we talk, so I know at that point you was like, you had bare different versions of the Bible trying to, trying to learn and mm-hmm. all these kind of things. So what was it yeah. like to go from a year of uni where mm-hmm. you see nobody's interested in, you know, different people yeah. to then go home to like start a, basically a new chapter? Yeah, so it was interesting because prior to going home, like, I remember the first time I went clubbing. Yes, I went clubbing. Cheers! Um, no one told me you wasn't supposed to wear your church clothes. I didn't know, innit? So... Nah, it depends on the club store. I, well, I didn't know. Depends so I went store. in, like, my best church gear, you know? Nah, Because no one gave me the memo. And the lady them going in the shark, 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 shark dresses. <laughs> so even though I was trying to not... I was trying to blend in. I yeah. still wasn't blending in. Yeah, 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 out of place. I was still out of place. Ooh, that's, that's a message right there. Um... Yeah, so I went from that to being at home and wanting to know God so much that it was like, I don't know, it was it consumed me. Mm. Um, I don't think it was unhealthy. I still like was doing everything else. Yeah. But when I had spare time, I was like, as you say, reading from four different versions of the Bible at one time because I didn't understand the King James, which is what we was brought up on. But I wanted to understand and I was like, nothing's going to stop me. So I was reading from King James, New King James, the Street Bible. And I'll leave my comments. And um, I think it was the NLT. And I would just go, like, I would just take like, a couple of verses at a time. I wasn't doing deep, deep theology. Um, and I would just take my time and try and understand what God was saying and memorise and just like, work it out I suppose I was working it out like is this this thing has to be more than praise and worship has to be more than me just going to church on Sunday God if you're real then you're going to talk to me I'm going to feel you I'm going to know you're there and it just it got real I started like uncovering or I should say God was showing me like what my gifts were and kind of what my journey would look like Um, and I just kind of fought it really like I was kind of like um can't we just stay in the bible at home and just chill and God was like no actually like I'm calling you to young people um and I'm young I'm still young Mm -hmm. so to be young and still be called to young people I was like how does that work because I don't have necessarily the wisdom um that maybe my olders exactly um but he made it really clear that that's what I was supposed to do Mm -hmm. and I didn't I fought it, but I didn't move away from it. Got it. So you was kind of still in it, but you was like, mm, I'm not there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, okay, cool, but what does that look like for me? So what made you so passionate about youth and working with them? And what was it? Because obviously it's, it's, all, it's all well and good for God to like say, here's your gift. But obviously for your gift to fully be fulfilled, you have to be passionate about it. That's my <clears> feeling, isn't it? So yeah. 
What made you passionate about working with youth? No, when I was at school, I wasn't like academic yeah. like that. Like I was, I did well, but I didn't enjoy academic subject. Yeah. I enjoyed playtime, lunchtime. <laughs> where I could talk to people. Yeah, I yeah. Like. I enjoyed after school. I enjoyed being with my friends and yeah. like talking to people. Yeah. And I remember in, I think it was in year 11, um, when we did our like leaving thing, there would, there was awards for like who would be most likely to start their business. Or, and there was one that was who would be most likely to have their own chat show. And everyone voted for me. They were like, it was unanimous. And for me, it kind of confirmed that I had a gift in terms of people. When it came to young people, I think that developed when I went to Leeds because I was mentoring in a school. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I just faked it till I made it, but I made it. And I was only there for one year, but the impact that my coach at the time told me I had, I had no idea. I was like, but I haven't done anything. And then that showed me that it was a gift. It wasn't something I had studied for or learned. It was something that I was given. And because of that, I was like, okay, maybe this is it. So then when... I had the confirmation that I needed to go home. Mm. Um, the Lord said that I needed to apply for a youth work degree. Mm. So that's how that links. So I went from that, came home, um, went to apply for Coventry Uni where I did my youth work degree. And you haven't asked for this, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. So how that story goes, I went for my interview and there were 43 people in the room yeah, yeah. and there was two spaces on the course. Yeah. And I remember being in like a little green room type thing and like chatting with people as I do. And people were like, yeah, this is like my second degree, my third degree. And I was like, hey, like I've got, yeah, I have one certificate that I just about made from Leeds. And, um, and in that moment, I felt really inadequate. Mm. I remember ringing my mom, as I do, and being like, mom, I'm just gonna go. Cause I don't wanna, yeah, I don't wanna embarrass myself and actually, these people are probably a bit more um, qualified for to get on this course. And mum said, just stay, mm. do the interview, see how you feel. Cool, mum's, mum's the bus in it. So I was like, okay, cool, that's good. I remember going into the interview. I don't remember what they asked me, but I remember one question. They said to us, tell us why you want to be on this course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hadn't really prepped like that. So I was like, um, well, I said, I don't really have anything special to us. I don't have academics and stuff, but I love young people. And I actually believe that I'm called to work with them. And I use the word called. And then that's what I remember, if I'm honest. They said, it was the Wednesday and they said, we'll let you know by Friday, uh, like 11 o'clock. So Friday, 12 came and I was like, oh no, I hadn't heard anything. (laughs) So I was stressed and I was like, God, what you told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the attitude changed a little bit because I was like, I followed what you said and I didn't understand what was going on. And, and mum said, ring them and ask them if there's anything that, like any feedback you could get to help you for another interview. So I was like, okay, cool. So I rang them and um, I was like, it's Leanne. Just wanted to find out if you could give me some feedback on uh, where it went wrong and stuff like I don't that. I think I've got it at this point. Exactly. And they said, oh, didn't we tell you? You got on the course. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't. And I was like, no, but um, thank you. Thank you. And I remember I just burst into tears. I burst into tears because I didn't feel qualified, but God had called me. Mm. And it was that simple. All I had to do was follow the direction and trust him. And it worked out. You just had to stay. Mm. That's literally it. So we move forward a little bit. Yeah. 
and you've been working with young people 10, 11, 12, 12 years, I want to say 12. Yeah. About 12 years. Yeah. What's the three things you've learned about yourself in that period of time? Three things. I have learned that I'm resilient. Okay. Um, because as you, young people are tough sometimes. Listen. They're tough. Sometimes. Um, yeah, sometimes. sometimes. They are tough sometimes. And I can kind of cast my mind back to when I was working in a youth centre and um, I'm not from that area. So you've already got a barrier there. The fact that they're like, who's this girl? She's a Christian because she works at, mm. you know, a particular charity, particular church. And mm. um, what does she know about my life? And she's like smiling and happy, like, what's going on? Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, I have a bit enough more than I can chew here, don't know. Um, but I was, I was persistent. I was just like, listen, by force, you're going to love me because, <laughs> because I actually love you and I, I have something to offer and I want you to kind of receive what I think God wants for you to have. And I stayed. I stayed visiting this same group of girls in particular. <sighs> it must have been seven months. Yeah. Every week for seven months. They wouldn't even say hello to me. Well, you're knocking out barriers and walls. This is it. But I was consistent. Um, and one, I remember there was one day, she, one of the girls came to see me. Um, and like my PA at the time was like, oh, someone's here to see you. And I was like, are you sure? Went out and the girls kind of was like, um, Bersin's tears, she was pregnant. She didn't really know what to do. I kind of sat with her, spoke with her. Um, and something, oh, the Lord in, was telling me that she was going to abort the baby. Mm. And I confronted her with that. And she broke down again. And I said to her, like, your, ch your child, I said, I think there's, there's two. I said, I think there's two. I don't think it's one. I think you've been blessed with two. And um, that made her cry even more. <laughs> she was stressed. She was one. stressed about the one. And I said, no, there's two in there. What? And um, she was like, I'm not going to get rid of them. I'm not. Uh, and now I am godmother to those children. Um, so it's, it's mad. It, it just taught me that I have the mm. the stickability. That's not a word, but we're just going to move with it. Okay, for 2020. I have that. I, I'm not... But certain barriers and certain boundaries don't make me run. Yeah, yeah. They just don't. But others run, though. Others run. And this is where we get the, the distance because people run. People get put in position like you yeah and they don't stay yeah because it gets hard do you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. you have the stickability yeah and consistency yeah, yeah 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 like that is the number one thing with young people like if you're not consistent forget it mm. they're gonna see through you yeah, yeah. and you'll be another disappointment you'll be another letdown in their life and, and why why bother if you're not in it for the long haul leave it and then what that does that hinders the next person without them even knowing exactly the barriers are even higher than they were previously exactly and i don't think people see that like youth work is not it's not a glamorous role it's not a thing whereby people are going to praise you young people are going to spit at you punch you slap you cost you they're going to do that because they're going through so much stuff you have to know why you're doing it mm -hmm. if there's that if you know the why then how it happens is not really a thing and what happens you won't be put off by there are moments where you might feel like oh, this, is, this is a bit long because i have those moments yeah, yeah. But I'm always drawn back to the beginning of the story yeah, yeah. where I'm like, no, I'm called to do this. So when I get weak, that's when God is completely strong, completely. So 
I don't even know if I answered the question. That was number one. Hey, number two is that uh, I'm very loving. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? It's because you made That was number one. <laughs> number two. <laughs> number two. I'm loving. I love people. And I think it's my biggest strength and also sometimes my biggest weakness. Oh, yeah. um, but that's, that's who I am and I'm not going to change yeah. that. I think it's a, it is a strength. The third thing um, that I've probably learned is that God's just amazing in my life. And because he's amazing in my life, I want to like replicate that in others. And I'm not saying I can be anyone's savior or I can do amazing things, but sometimes it's just being, doing something nice for someone, yeah. being that person to check in. That's, that's a God thing. And I want to do that. I want that to be who I am. Okay. So in this time you get promoted I would say to be a national youth director it's because you said promoted yeah, and God promoted you okay you get me, let's put this okay God promoted you to become national youth director for church God prophecy um, one of the like long most long-standing UK black churches um, you've been doing that for like three four years now mm. how have you found that role considering like you've had experience working with youth outside of the church inside of the church mm -hmm. and then you've got all the other things around it how have you found doing that role honestly i only answer honestly excited like it's been um, it's been amazing but it's been tough yeah like so i'll start with the positive it's been amazing because i get to travel yeah so like any church event i can be there uh, which is great. I get to meet young people that are just amazing, like gifted, um, real. They challenge me to kind of make sure I know what I'm about. Because if I don't know what I'm about, they're not going to listen to me. So I love that. Um, I used to be a bit kind of weary about having title. Because a young, lot of young people, we run from title because we yeah. think it changes us. And it will change you. I am different. But I use that, I understand that my role or the title brings influence. So I use that to open doors for my young people. Yeah. I don't benefit from this title. If anything, it puts more pressure on me. The expectations are higher. Yeah. More is required from me. Mm. So actually, people have made little comments, yeah. And I think to myself, why do you think, why do you think this is all fun and games for me? Because it's really not. It's not. It's not. Um, however, I understand that, yeah, like having a title opens doors of influence and opportunity and sometimes you have to just go with it. Yeah. Um, so am I different? To a degree, yes. Yeah. But when I'm around certain tables with bishops and people, I'm still me. Yeah. I'm still me. Like you will hear me say things, you know it's me because it's just how I am. And I believe that I'm called because I am me. Yeah. And like if I change and try and be anyone else, anyone else it's just not going to work. Like, it might work around the table with the bishops, but it's not going to work with my young people. I'm going to be fraudulent. I'm not doing that. I'm not into fraud. <laughs> I'm not into fraud. No fraud. No fraud. <laughs> I need to be myself. So um, it's exciting. It's tough because I have a lot on my shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. Like, um, the national role is, like, what, 70 churches? Yeah, it's church. In the UK, it's 70 churches. And I'm one person. Yeah, one. <laughs> one soldier. On one person. <laughs> we have an amazing team um, that I've been trying to build. Um, 
but also there's like behind the scenes stuff that no one tells you. So when they appoint you or when you go to kind of move forward in leadership, no one tells you about that stuff. Yeah. They don't tell you about maybe some of the politics and how difficult it might be to implement things and get support about certain things. And that's probably the most frustrating thing is just the things behind the scene. Yeah. But in terms of the role and what I get to do, Chill. amazing, love it, so absolutely. You, so once, what's one thing, um, or where do you feel like there's a disconnect, not just church God prophecy, but between like churches in general and the youth? Why is it? Where do you feel the disconnect is, and what do you feel the disconnect is? Um, yeah, I feel like I think there's maybe two areas that come to mind straight away. Yeah. One is that we are not necessarily relevant. Mm -hmm. So there's some churches that are getting it. They they're getting it. They're nailing it on the head. They've got good engagement. And, but some of our churches, we're not relevant. We're not willing to talk about certain things. Mm. And if they can't talk to us about it in church, in a safe place where we can kind of influence and help them make certain decisions, they're going to get that information at other places. And that's where they'll be invested. So if we're not giving certain information to young people in church in that safe environment and giving them also the space to be themselves, yeah. we've lost them. Because if I can't go to my pastor or one of my leaders as a young person and talk about sex and talk about some of the issues at church, um, at school or in my home, then really what is church giving me? Outside of praise and worship and I can sing at home. Mm. So what are you giving me? I can sing at home. <laughs> so we need to be relevant and creating so that true. space. It's so true. Also, I feel like there's no, I shouldn't say no, that's extreme, but um, limited. limited leadership opportunities. So older people are holding on to those titles, holding on to their churches, holding on certain things and not letting young people come in and grow and develop the church and, and see it flourish. Mm -hmm. What worked 40 years ago does not work today. I know why those people do that as well. Why do they do it? I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah, I know why they do it. Why? Because they think they're going to have the same title in that's what happens they hold on to this for like 40, 50 years and the mm. thing is some of them are like great at what they do yeah. so they can adapt and change and whatever so some of them are meant to have this position but some of them just hold it because they think as soon as I see Jesus mm. yeah, yeah Jesus I got this title so I was the pastor at this church we had 20 people but I was the pastor at this church had eight. Here's, my, had eight. here's my VIP access right. into heaven title yeah. but I also think that in a more dangerous space is insecurity so I am you I am the senior pastor of my church or no let's use let's use it as it is I'm national youth director yeah, yeah. you come along now and I see Hayden's killing yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be thinking let me spot. keep him there mm -hmm. so actually he's no threat to me and I can still do my thing so we both can shine. I get the greater shine and I make sure you get the dollar shine yeah. because actually I don't want you to up to surpass me. Yeah. That doesn't make you a good leader. If I, because I'm not trying to be in this role forever, yeah. okay? So let's say I've got like a, another year or two. If my leaders, the leaders that sit with me and work with me, are not doing better things than I have done, mm. I am a, a bad leader. I don't want to dull your shine. I want you to shine brighter than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the... I'm not holding you back. Yeah, yeah, 
I want to feel like, oh, I need to step up, man. I want to be challenged. I am not so great that you can't teach me stuff or any of my team can't teach me. Even the young people, teach me. It makes me greater, but we all just go on that journey. And I really feel like a lot of older leaders are not allowing young people to step up. They're doing things in school that in church they can't do. How does that make sense? You can do a, pre- a big PowerPoint presentation on Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. You can talk. You can give me all references. You Drama can do bits and bobs. Yeah, yeah. Come to church and I ask you to recite one verse. You can't do it. Sure, I, I just, I don't think that's good. So those are the things. Relevance and like training opportunities, like opportunities for them to develop themselves and the church. I don't think, that, I don't think that's there. So as you are like giving them your leadership role, and you know, you've been growing and growing and growing from what I've personally seen. Now you've become National Youth Director for the last three, four years. There's gonna be challenges with not only the youth and trying to you know, get that started, it's gonna be challenging with the pastors and all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. But on a more intimate, personal level, there's gonna be challenges. Oh God. With the band <laughs> them, trying to holler. Like, hey. what's the challenges that you get you know, with meeting guys and them not being intimidated by you holding such a position. Because guys do get intimidated by the levels. Okay. Um, so... Oh, have you not had no challenges? <laughs> I have to ask. <laughs> um, so I meet, I meet guys, because I'm a friendly person anyway, I meet guys inside church, outside of church, but they all know what I'm about. I don't hide who I am, what I am. Yeah. Like, you can be in my life if you want to, um, but it might not be in the way that you expect it to be because yeah. there's levels to this thing. However, I believe that I'm supposed to shine in people's lives regardless. Yeah. So, guys, cool. Um, I don't think anyone's been open enough to say they're intimidated by my role. Okay. Um, I've had comments made like, oh, you're probably too independent now. Um, They're maths. They're mad maths. Whatever that means. Yeah. Um, and for me, that maybe shows that you're maybe intimidated by something that I'm saying yeah, or doing. Yeah, yeah. But actually, I have no issue with submission. Mm. I know people don't like that word, it's like a swear word. But <laughs> I have no issue with submission. Like, it's not a problem for me. But at the same time, God is the head of my life. Yeah, yeah. So that's the person I'm submitting to now. If someone comes along and can fulfill that role, then we move, we push. When the Holy Spirit says push, we push. Like, we push. But until that time, I don't feel like I kind of care. And that sounds so harsh. If you're intimidated, it means you're, you're probably, nah, probably not the right person because I'm not going to stop. This train is moving. Yeah, you ain't got no sauce. And that's okay. You can be a friend. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You can be my mate. So what are you looking for in a husband? What am I what's looking the, for in a husband? Um, he needs to love God. Okay. Like, love God. Um, actually, he needs to, before we even go there, he needs to understand what love is because... That's a deep one, you know. I know, I'm very deep sometimes. <laughs> he needs to understand what love is because that word is so free. Mm. Like, I love Jaffa Cakes. Do you get it? <laughs> but I also love God. I love my niece. Do you know what I mean? There's levels to this love word. 
But if you don't understand what that means for when you're taking on a wife, then yeah, leave that. So he needs to understand what that is. The Bible, like obviously, I can I can only base it on what I believe. And the Bible says, love is patient, yeah. love is kind, it's all these things. If you're not showing signs of those things, I'm not sure. And I'm not saying you're going to show them all yeah. every day. Do you get it? But you're going to be showing them generally. And if you're not willing to kind of wait um, for whatever it is, then love it, man. I'm not, I'm not interested. Like I'm not desperate. I'm not desperate. And I just think you I need to have certain standards that you just stick by. Yeah. And when people say things like, oh, are you being too picky? I'm like, so are you saying that I'm not worth my list? Mm. Am I not? Mm. I'm not worth my list then. I'm not good enough for my list. So yeah, love God, love themselves, love me, work, um, be funny and tall, dark and handsome. How can you feel that in the end? <laughs> How can you feel that in the end? Because, because you have to be realistic. Looks matter to me. It looks matter. So I can't be going on like, oh, if I see someone who has all of the above yeah. and isn't attractive, it's cool. Because it. I'm not going to say that. Because that would be a lie. And the Bible says, you know. Well, you might learn to do that, like, love is blind kind of thing. Whoa. Um, you get me? Like, yeah, I get that. But... Still, well, that's not sick. what we're doing in terms of <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to... I'll be honest. Funny, tall, dark and handsome are the things outside of, like, the more serious things. Okay, so is there anything you change about your journey as a... Since you've been... As you've been single, as a Christian, is there anything you um, Yeah, I wouldn't let people make me feel like I'm less valuable because I'm single. Okay. So, like, when I had my first appointment... Mm. Um, I remember being on the stage, and what they do in Bethel, they call up all the appointees. You go up and you go up with your partner, partner mm. or yourself. I went up with the Lord, okay? So I was on the stage, and I remember this lady said to me, oh, maybe next time you'll be okay with your husband. Relax, pastor, whoever you are. Like that, <laughs> that was literally 10 seconds after moving into my next chapter. Someone said that, and I'm not gonna lie, like when so we had to leave the stage to get prayed for, and I remember my dad was there, and my mum was working, I think she had my niece. Mm. I grabbed onto my dad, because in that moment, I felt so insecure. Really? I, listen, I was like, Dad, I held onto him the whole way. Come on, Dad. Because I just felt like, wow, is that how people view me? Like, I can't do what I'm called to do, because I don't have a husband. That's crazy. And that, that was something I had to get over. And it took a while because it just, I don't know, it just resonated. And I think because, like, I'm getting older, there is that expectation that, you know, maybe you should, you know, get an age, maybe you should be with someone. Mm. Um, but it doesn't take away from my value. And I think if I'd have clocked that earlier, I wouldn't have let certain things, like, rest in me. Um, I would have been like, I probably would have said to her, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right. I probably would have had a response. Yeah, yeah. Something maybe a bit cheeky, be ready, be ready. but I'd have been like, you're right, I'm fine. Like, do you get me? God called me <laughs> and whoever God calls to be my partner, if that ever happens, mm. like we'll have their own thing and we'll support each other and we will shine. Simple. So what's the hardest thing you've had to deal with as a Christian in general? Mm -hmm. And how did you overcome that? I think the hardest thing 
I had to overcome. I'm going to do this without tears. As a Christian. As a Christian, we're going to do this without tears, okay? Um, was facing... Um, so I suffered abuse when I was younger. Mm. And people that have heard me preach and stuff will, are not like, will know all of this stuff because mm. I'm very open about it now. Um, going through that process of having to admit that it happened, yeah. tell my parents, mm. confront my abuser, heal, mm. and still kind of be okay. Because through most of that stuff, I was still... I wasn't necessarily preaching and teaching at the time, but I was still very active. I was still doing bits. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was in New Year, so I was singing a lot. Um, and that, even that really helped me, even to heal, just to be mentally sane. Um, but that was so difficult because for me, I remember being in my bed and saying, God, why, if you see everything mm-hmm. and know everything mm-hmm. and understand everything, why have you allowed that to happen to me? When I was a child, I didn't know. It's not like I got myself in certain situations. I didn't understand what was really going on. And that was tough Mm. because I'm like, you're a loving God. But I didn't understand about free will. I didn't understand all of that at the time. And I remember um, kind of getting a bit of support with certain people that have been through similar things and then breaking it down to me. And I remember kind of feeling peace about the fact that people have free choice. God never wanted that to happen to me. And I think that's what I got misconstrued, is that I was kind of like, right, you love me, but you let that happen to me. How does that work? And there was a sense of God being like, I loved you then. I love you now, and I will always love you. Mm. I didn't want that to happen to you. But everyone has free choice. And unfortunately, that person chose what they chose. However, I will heal you completely. Okay. What's one thing that you do? I'm, I'm all right. You sure? Yeah, yeah. And I think just to tell that off, yeah. I cry because I'm grateful. Mm. Some people, um, like, some people turn crazy with that stuff. Yeah, it's real. Some people, it affects how they see themselves, how they see God, how they see men. And that hasn't happened to me. Mm. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I can share my story. I know that it's helped people and like I'm still here. Like I'm not I'm not but in a good way. Um and I'm still standing. I have hope that one day, whether I meet someone or not, I'm still gonna shine. I'm still called to do stuff. So yeah, I, I cry because I remember that journey and how amazing God has been to carry me through that and that He's been faithful through the whole thing. So yeah, you said without tears, but he Okay. So what is, oh, before we go on to that, mm-hmm. I think it's very, people will be grateful for you being so open about what you've gone through. Because mm-hmm. um, what tends to happen in church is we don't talk about these things mm-hmm. and everyone's just expected to just be okay in whatever situation they've had, they've dealt with. Um, and we also don't heal in the time we need to mm-hmm. we, we kind of have to rush the healing process in a lot of these situations um so i want to thank you for just like expressing yourself and just allowing people to see that part of you mm-hmm. so i just want to say that before we move on to the next question um 
what would you say at this point in your life is hindering you from getting closer to God? If you could pinpoint it to mm-hmm. one thing. Me? Just me? Like, it's the battle between, I'm 21, 21, you know, I'm definitely not 21, I'm 29, and I want to go and live, don't laugh, I'm definitely not 21, okay? 21 plus 9, I'm going to be 30, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my last year of my 20s, I just want to live life and go ham and do what everyone else is doing, and I know that I can't. That's tough. Like, it's me, it's me battling with, do I try to always choose what's right? Or do I just, you know, take the back route? Do I just, you know, and that is a, that's a battle because it would be easy for me to do that. And there have been times when I've done that. But on a whole, I'm quite strong. I feel like I've been through so much stuff that it's not easy for someone to push me off that road, like that's not gonna happen. It's me and the things that I'm facing, the things that I'm battling that probably prevent me from pushing because, for example, if I know that I should go and study, but there's something else on, there's a gig or there's certain, I'm probably gonna go to the gig because I love music, I wanna be out and enjoy myself. I wanna have that balance. Um, So I'd say it was me. Okay. So how do you, What's the plan to overcome that then? If you know it's you, yeah. how do you plan to overcome it? Because obviously for some other people mm-hmm. who will be watching this, it's them as well. Right. The, the My plan, how I work things, I'm, quite, I'm accountable to people. Mm. So there's certain people like yourself, one of our other cousins, my two best friends that pretty much know everything. Like stuff doesn't go down and there's no one that knows. Yeah. And that, although it's hard because sometimes you'll say a thing and then when it changes, you're like, oh man, I already told everybody, but I have to be accountable. That's what gets me through, is the fact that there's someone that always knows where I am, what I'm doing, and it's not because um, I'm a child and I need parenting, it's because I know what I've signed up for, the lifestyle I've signed up for, and until, you know, a day changes when I maybe have a husband or whatever, I have people that I trust, that I'm safe with to share that with. So accountability is important because secrets and stuff that's done in the dark, that's what wrecks people. It does. It always feels better when something's off your chest. Mm. People say, oh, I feel so much better. It's because things are not meant to be hidden. Things are not meant to be secret. And everyone has those things that they don't want to share. But there's certain things that if you know it's stopping you from being close to God, you need to share it. Mm. That it can be, you know, people can pray for you and support you in different ways. But you have to be honest. So there's a lot of people who will look up to you, and especially after watching this, will be like, I want to know more about it, I want to see it, I want to like have her at my event or speak or preach or whatever it is, uh, or just have a conversation with her um, to let stuff come off their chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to be people who are going through this Christian journey who will be struggling at this moment in time. Like, what encouragement <laughs> would you give to not just people who go through a Christian journey, but mm-hmm. people who will watch this and think, What's keeping her so sane? Mm. What encouragement would you give to those people? My encouragement would be that God is not 
so far from you that he's not with you. Mm. So sometimes we view God as like being up there, yeah, yeah. this booming voice. Actually, God is very much there. And whatever you're going through, whatever you're struggling with, whatever is hurting, there's no pain that God can't heal. There's no situation that God can't fix. And my encouragement is that just try. Try asking God, try asking and actually believing that God has the answer. Because it's when you do that, it gets dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Because God starts answering and you're like, oh man, now I've got to kind of, you know, and I want people to kind of remember that this is a journey, like any journey. Sometimes you take the wrong turn, you take five wrong turns, you go around that roundabout too fast, you have a crash, you know, you're off the road for a bit, you get a new car, the journey begins. You know what I mean? Like you take a break, you speed in, you will get to your destination, you'll get to the place you need to be. We have to trust God. And when you are weak, when you feel like you can't do it, in our weakness, I said it before, God's strength is made perfect. So you never really lose. Yeah. So when you're strong, God is still strong. And when you're weak, God is still strong. It's win-win really. So yeah, I would say try God, trust him, um, and know that the journey is never, never high. It's never just highs. It's not how it works. But actually, even in your lowest points, God is with you and he loves you. Okay, that's good, that is. Hopefully that encourages someone. Else. I hope so. I, I, I know it will, I know it will. I hope so. so what's your plans for 2020? <sighs> I'm turning 30 in May. So um, that's like exciting. I have lots to do. So I'm um, tour managing. Mm -hmm. I'm preaching, I'm teaching, I'm hosting a little bit, um, planning a youth retreat, national youth retreat, so please guys. Um, and just, I'm working, I forgot about that. forgot about my job. I do that, I have a nine to five and a five to nine. And so we are working and my goal for the year is honestly, it sounds so like hippie-ish, but it's to just be at peace with everything that I do. That's the motive. Everything else, like you can make plans and, and it doesn't happen. But actually when you have peace and I understand that my life is planned out by God, I have plans, yes, but actually the Lord guides everything that I do. And so I have certain things that I know I'm doing, but I just want to enjoy my life and be at peace with the things that I'm doing. Um, so it sounds really loose, but I'm, yeah, that's what I'm like. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. That is the motive to get to the end of the year thinking, yeah. There was highs and lows, but actually in that, I saw God's hand and I was at peace with decisions I made, mm -hmm. things that I said, yeah. um, how I deal with people, how I deal with myself, yeah. all of that, and just to, just to win. Last question. What encouragement would you give to yourself with where you're at in life right now? I would encourage myself not to always put so much pressure on myself. Um to step back when it's necessary mm. and go again. I'd encourage myself that I'm doing good. I'm doing, I'm doing good, I'm doing well. Um, and that even when I'm not, there's people around that will help me be good again. Mm. So I win, I'm a winner. Like Aston Villa. winners in a moment. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
with Miss Leanne Jacobs. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome.